Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury. Welcome back, everyone, to Making Headway Podcast. This is Erin, and today I'm with Dr. Nithi Shaw. She is from Your Movement Specialist in New Jersey. She specializes in neurorehabilitation. She's a physical therapist, doctor in physical therapy, with a really extensive history in working with people with brain injury. Um, You know, she led a group of, uh, she led a hospital group um, who rehabilitated brain injuries and stroke. Um, She's certified in vestibular therapy. She's a neurotherapist. Um, She has extensive knowledge of working with Parkinson's patients. So quite a great resume and really um, someone that I think you'd want on your team. So welcome, Nithi. Nithi. Thank you so much. (laughs) I keep saying it wrong. (laughs) It's no problem. Thank you so much, Erin, for having me. And thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your movement specialist and what makes you a little bit different. So your movement specialist is, um, we deal with movement problems, but we focus on individuals who have neurological disorders or the like, especially individuals after brain injury, uh, individuals, individuals who have Parkinson's, just like you said, and people who are dizzy. And we work one-on-one with them. It could be in office or in their home. And we spend, you know, we really make a lot of time creating their, um, plan a care, make it tailored to their needs. And it's very, very, um, very, very customized. Um, and, you know, we see great outcomes because of the kind of work we do. So I have a patient right now who wants to play tennis and we're working. She has, she had a brain tumor eight years ago. And mm-hmm. now, right now we're working on getting her to play tennis. And that's what we do. We, we get her life back. We get, get, help her get her life back through exercise. I really love that about physical therapy and Um, you know, most physical therapists I've encountered, it's always based on the patient's goal. It's not just assuming, oh, this patient, like in the hospital, you know, someone comes in and we just assume, well, they want to be better so they can get back to whatever. We don't even ask what they're into. Um, So it's really nice that you can really incorporate what's actually important to a patient and what matters to them. Thank you. Yes, I enjoy that part very much because it keeps things exciting for me and the patient, because if it's relevant, you want to be involved. If it's not relevant to you, you're not going to be motivated. You're going to feel this is a drag. When, till when do I need to keep doing this, you know? Right. And that's what I found like with my physical therapy, my goal right now is to get back to being able to work out, to tolerate working out without having a headache. And, um, you know, my therapist is really tuned into what is it that she's actually going to do? Um, because when you give me this long list of exercises that I need to do every single day, if I'm not engaged in it, I'm not going to do it. And honestly, you know, I've been upfront with him. I'm like, I don't do these every day. I get them in three times a week. Like that's really a good goal for me. Um, and that, that's really helpful when you can kind of tailor it exactly to what somebody wants to do. Absolutely. And the thing is with the individuals who have neurological conditions, as you yourself know, Erin, things are tough. Like some days are just difficult. You can't move and you need that flexibility. You need that person to say, it's okay, you know, take a rest. The rest for the brain is different from just a rest day for your muscles from working out. Very different, two very different Mm -hmm. things. And um, we understand that because I have an extensive history in working with individuals with brain injury and, you know, where to stop and where to go. And it's so important. So mm. to understand that. And that raises a really good point of really considering um, where the person's at. Like is, you know, today could be a really bad day and you're not going to be able to work on some of the bigger skills that require a lot of effort. Maybe it's just meeting them with, okay, today we're, I don't know, something, something more basic or addressing kind of that emotional aspect of where you're at. Such a big thing. Um, actually, just two days ago, I had a person who fell in the ice. She hasn't fallen. She she originally started seeking my help because she was falling a lot. And since we started working together, she hadn't fallen at all. And she fell in the ice. And that day was, you know, she didn't cancel, which was a big thing. She still, we still saw each other. Um, but it was more about just taking a few deep breaths, calming down, working on things that are, easier 
per se, but not for that particular day and time, really tailoring that, being flexible about what you need to do. You know, I had this whole session plan with planks and modified planks and all these things, and we did none of those. We just sat down, we talked about how she fell, we went through what would happen if it happened again, and then we just did some breathing and some very simple stuff. And that's really important for a neurotherapist to understand um, and for a patient to understand that it's okay to not feel good and it's okay to not have pumped up every single muscle in their body during therapy. That's normal. That's okay. It's kind of those realistic expectations of yourself. Um, I think a lot of us are always striving for what we were before, um, forgetting that we can turn into something totally new and that the goal might not be to be who you were before. And that's hard. That's really a hard thing to give up. Um, but having that self-love and that compassion of where you're at now and being open to ideas that might look different than what you thought. Um, it's really helpful. Accepting yourself as you are. Yes. Yeah. In this stage in time. Absolutely. It's, it's an understatement, but you know, it's so hard. It's so hard for individuals who survive such a big trauma mm. um, to understand themselves you know, and forget the relationships they have with others. It's so hard to know what's going on with you, your body, your brain, your mind. Um, right. And it's such an, emo- it's an emotional upheaval that they go through. Um, mm. That self-image has changed and keeping up with it is hard. Do you have any tips for people struggling with um, kind of grounding themselves? You know, what what could we do to kind of ground ourselves and to get some of that self-love and acceptance back. Do you have any tips on that? What really works for many of my patients, uh, I, I, you know, I do always recommend going through some sort of therapy, CBT or ACT, if you can tolerate it. Um, I am not obviously a mental health professional. I'm a physical health professional. However, the two cannot be separated. They are, they go hand in hand. There is no doubt that if you're not mentally doing well, you're not going to progress on your goals physically. So I always tell my patients to A, find a therapist to work with if they can. B, uh, we work on gratitude. By themselves, they do it, but we work on small things like recognizing how it was great to have a hot meal and how it was great to have a warm bed to sleep in. And even those, you know, sometimes just recognizing that is so hard because you're going through so much. You can't see beyond Mm -hmm. how difficult life is. So just recognizing the little things in life and writing them down or speaking them out loud affirms that you're okay. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, things are hard, but you're okay. Um, The other thing we do a lot of is mindfulness, Mm -hmm. Uh, understanding your present state and accepting it the way it is. Yes, my right shoulder hurts today. I'm mindful of it. And we go through like 10 minutes of just understanding what each part of the body feels like. And the third thing we do a lot is breathing. Um, Breathing helps ground helps calm down and helps um, prevent overthinking really because that, that, you know, thinking or overthinking is what leads you to thinking, Oh, what if I can't get back to doing this? Oh my gosh. Uh, I used to do this so quickly before this is so hard. Like how, how can this be so hard? I'm, I'm only 30 years old. How can this be so hard for me? Uh, everybody else can do it. You know, I used to be able to do it. I used to mock at other people who couldn't do this fast. So all these thoughts keep cropping up and just uh, separating yourself from those thoughts and just focusing on breathing and mindfulness and gratitude are so important and, and really doing it at a small level. We do it. I, I give this quote unquote home homework. This is the first homework I give my patients usually, especially if I know they're really struggling. I, I like that. You count, you hit on so many techniques that I've been trying to integrate myself and that truly do work. But it takes it takes work. You have to be willing to integrate new things into your life. Um, for example, yesterday I woke up for no reason at all, just feeling cruddy. You know, I just had this little voice in my head being like, "You know what? You're no good. Like, you were so proud of yourself. Why were Why were you so proud of yourself? Like, you have nothing to be proud of here." And I knew it wasn't true, but you know, depression is a huge piece of um, brain injury. And some days you have those days. So, you know, yesterday it kind of washed over me and I I couldn't get myself out of the funk. And today 
you know, I thought about now what's my routine going to be for today? I don't want another day like that. So I actually took out um, my journal, which I struggle so bad with journaling, especially when I'm in a funk. I just don't want to do it because I, I feel like I'm perseverating on everything that's wrong and bleh. But today mm. I put out, you know, I framed it differently. I'm like, well, if I were going to write a post to encourage other people, because for whatever reason, it's easier for me to encourage someone else than myself. Um, what would I say to them? Like, what strategies would I say would help um, with my self-worth and making myself feel better? And I came up with like a whole page of different things that I could do. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't need to just tell other people what to do. This is what I need to do. Um, and it really, it really helps. Like you said, like focusing on that gratitude and what skills do you have in your toolbox to address what's going on? Um, and being kind to yourself, really, mm -hmm. you know, you had a bad day yesterday and just recognizing it's a bad day. I'm going to sleep it off or I'm going to rest it off or I'm not going to be able to do that today. It's okay. I'll have a nice sleep. I'll be a new person in the morning. And, and really sleep does wonders, you know, it can really change your outlook like that. Um, so we talk a lot about sleep hygiene with my patients too. We talk about how important it is to set up, sleep at a set time and have the right amount of sleep and all of those things. So give allow yourself one day a week if you need one day a week take one day a week to be unhappy it's okay you know accept even that part because you can't force yourself it, it, it's a it's an organic problem it's not something you're imagining it's a real problem that's there and you just take it it's very very difficult but can't journal just say one good thing to yourself you know take yeah it real slow so cha yeah, challenging those thoughts, like, because the old me before my brain injury used to believe everything my brain would tell me. Um, you know, it was actually pretty hard for me even before my brain injury to identify how I was feeling. I had no clue because I was just so focused on pleasing other people and, you know, doing what was expected of me rather than what I needed for myself. Um, why was I saying that? This is my brain injury. Hear, hear you, it, everyone. <laughs> You were talking about um, how your old self would not really understand how you were feeling and your new self yeah. is trying so, to. And my new self is really trying to. That's right. And that that's a skill is being able to identify your feelings. Um, that was one of the things that you said, like identifying, doing that body scan and understanding that something hurts here or that something isn't right up in my head or that, you know, my heart hurts today. You know, not not chest pain, but you know, something, something's bothering me today. It's affecting me here. or My stomach's upset. Maybe it's because I'm upset. Um, that really makes a huge difference. Just understanding where those things come from and then not, not following every little voice in your head that tells you something other that tells you, you know, that you're wrong or you're not worth it or, um, any of those things, those negative voices. We are the, what I've learned recently is that we are the listener so we can listen to the voices and we can then make a choice on what it is that we want to pursue. Um, so really giving that control back to yourself that you you don't have to follow those those bad things that are going on in your head. You just said such a big thing. That's huge. Um, it's mind over intellect or intellect over mind uh, and really using your deep sense of self-awareness and deep sense of intellect to tell yourself that the mind is controlled by your senses. You know, your mind is saying that my head hurts, so the mind is veering towards, oh, it's a horrible day, I'm suffering from a horrible condition. But your intellect says, yeah, it's a bad day. Uh, and you're, it's going to go away. But, you know, you know, you said it really well. That was amazing. Yeah, it's like, it's one bad point in time, rather than everything being bad forever and always. Um, That's right. That's been kind of a mind shift. If you or someone you know is struggling to recover after brain injury like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if Modus can help you recover. And a quick shout out to our sponsor, Headache Nutritionist. Be sure to check her out at www.headachenutritionist.com. 
Generous sponsors like Susanna and donations are what keep us on air. Thank you. Now you brought up um, sleep and that Mm -hmm. sleep hygiene is so important. Um, A lot of us, me included, struggle with insomnia. Um, What recommendations do you have when it comes to sleep? What types of things do you talk about with your patients? So again, not a physician. I'm just going right. to say it out here. Uh, and I never recommend medications, obviously. But I do talk to my patients about sleep because if they haven't slept well, they're not going to be able to do their therapy the next day. Um, right. So we talk a lot about using breathing and mindfulness to fall asleep. One, we talk about putting the phone away at 7 p.m. Like, don't look at it. Just don't touch it. Put it away. Put away the TV. Maybe sit with a simple, easy book that's not going to stress you out. Uh, maybe it will even make you laugh, like something that helps. Sometimes music, just calming music, put it on and try to fall asleep with that. But try to limit the blue light because blue light will interfere with sleep sleep per se, but also the sleep cycles. Uh, don't use alcohol to fall asleep. A lot of people use alcohol because they think that it's going to help them fall asleep, but it is, it's going to wake you up and it's going to mess with your cycles. Um I'm not sure about melatonin. Again, uh, I don't have a lot of knowledge on that, but a lot of research that I have read says it does change your cycles and you want the good um, 45 to 90 minute cycles that are needed for your brain to be able to create uh, the new neurotransmitters and wash away the old neurotransmitters that were there that were causing you to feel depressed and causing you to feel unhappy. Um, you know, So you need a dopamine release, you need the release of serotonin, you need all these things for which those sleep cycles are really important, um, which is why trying to use as natural a method as possible is really great. Uh, getting some exercise during the day in the earlier part of the day is great. Um, there are some food items that I say, you know, like people avoid white rice for weight, but um, white rice is a great uh, food to actually help make you fall asleep. It's a really good, it has a really good quality to help you fall asleep so if you have white rice for dinner obviously it shouldn't be right before you sleep but like two hours or three hours before your bedtime it actually helps you fall asleep and then I personally myself like like the chamomile tea or the rose tea the the warm water with herbs in it really helps ease in ease your having mind that routine I think has really helped me um, I was not a routine person before my brain injury. I was more of a, let's just wing it and be spontaneous. Um, but when you have limited energy, you can't really do that. You have to plan everything out. And having that routine, like you said, of turning the screen off, um, reading makes my eyes super tired. Um, so so reading before bed. Yeah. Um, the hot tea. I love that. Um, others have said a hot bath um, with like Epsom oh, yeah. salt. Um, Because it helps with the temperature shifts in your body. Like if you get warm and then you go to cold, it's that that shift that really helps you fall asleep. Um, Also, um, controlling the temperature in your room too. Um, You don't want to sleep in a hot room. Yeah, yeah. I think I just read um, between sixty and sixty-seven or sixty-five. I think sixty-five is ideal. They say, yeah, yeah. It just will keep you more um, comfortable for sleep. So these are all great things. Like, I don't think anyone would have thought listening to a physical therapist that you're going to learn about some self-care mechanisms, but it makes so much sense that you can't participate in the therapy that you need to get stronger if you're not coming in at a okay baseline. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that emotional and sleep peace. One more thing that I talk to all my patients with brain injury um, with regards to sleep, brain injury, Mm -hmm. concussion, any chronic brain-related condition is naps. Um, So, so, so helpful and so important. And I talk about brain breaks. Um, And those brain breaks can involve moving, walking, going outside for a walk or a nap. Uh, And basically, um, I tell my patients, like, you need to judge at what point you can't focus anymore. And that's exactly when you need to go take away the sensory overload, go in a darker room or go in your car, put on your dark glasses, put on a blanket and just breathe. Like just try to calm because that's when your brain is saying, I'm going to go into overdrive if you don't stop right now. Like that's the clue your brain is giving you. This is it. This is all it can do. You need to take a nap. Um, And everybody needs a different duration of a nap. Now, someone who's suffering from insomnia, we don't recommend a nap at all. 
Um, but I usually suggest like a 20 minute break, like a 20 minute. If you fall asleep in those 20 minutes, great. If you don't, you just rest it and you come out. That's fine too. Beyond 20 minutes, like you go between the 20 to 45 minute mark, you're going to be groggy when you wake up um, because you're going to be in the middle of your REM cycle. Uh, and, you know, if you really want a good nap, you haven't slept all night, make it earlier, not later, because it's going to mess with your night sleep. Mm-hmm. And and some people like to take a 90 minute nap. I have some certain older individuals who take a 90 minute nap at 1 p.m. every day. Uh, and that's they're going through the whole sleep cycle and coming out of it and they're able to do better. And then their bedtime is pushed a little bit, but it actually helps them get through the day without severe fatigue. Um, and it's so important. I know when my fatigue was worse, I really, um, that one and a half hour mark, it's funny you mentioned that the 90 minutes, cause that is what my body would naturally do. It's like, I would just shut down. I would sleep solid for an hour and a half and then wake up like it. And it felt like a new day, but I had to have that shutdown time. Um, cause like you said, once your brain's overwhelmed, it's done. It like, you're not getting anything else done. You might as well take some time to shut down all the sense, um, sensory overload. Um, and like you said too, the 20 minutes, you know, that's when I don't have a lot of time, if I can't take a true nap, a real nap, um, that 20 minutes of just laying, um, you know, I'll put sunglasses on or I have, um, uh, syntax, syntax glasses. So they're different colored mm-hmm. filters that my neurooptometrist yeah. gave me, but just doing that and having my eyes closed with those on quiet space, maybe noise canceling headphones in, um, it really, really, really helps. You just, you just need that time to recenter. Yeah. Um, and I just want to plug another thing we are not sponsored by this app, but, um, I found a wa- uh, app called breathwork. Um, it's, spelt breath and then W-R-K. Um, They have all these different little breathing things that you can do. Most of them are anywhere from like 30 seconds up to five minutes. You can choose how long. And it's just different breathing strategies that you can do to either, you can choose the um, emotion you're feeling. So if you want to feel more calm, you can choose a calming breath. If you're feeling anxious, you can do that. They have breathing for migraines. They have breathing um, to help balance yourself if you're feeling a little out of sorts. Um, so it's really, it's a cool thing that I hadn't seen before because it's more, how do you want to feel? Try this. This will help you get there. Um, and it's really easy. Yeah. It's a good, it, uh, I have never used that app, but some people, some patients of mine, again, I'm not being paid by them, uh, use the Calm app, C-A-L-M. Yes. Um, and they seem to find it helpful. Um, but again, that involves using the phone. So you want to be yep. conscious of, you know, how you're utilizing the phone and how much light you're being exposed to and all those things really matter. Yeah. The one thing I like about breathwork um, that Calm didn't have is it, um, it has tone, so you don't have to look at the screen. It has like a sound for inhaling and a sound for exhaling and it buzzes. So you know what you're supposed to be doing without having to look at it. Because yeah. you're right, I, I don't need more time on my screen. Those times where I'm doing deep breathing are times I need to be off my screen. Oh, um, so that does help a lot. I, and that's a great one. I actually um, just downloaded it so I could share it in the future with some other patients of mine. Yeah, it's a fun one. Thank it's you. a fun one. Do you have other tips that you find are really helpful for your brain injury patients? It's a big Breaking question. down tasks. Yeah, it's a big mm. question because there's a lot of things. And everybody's mm. different. Honestly, I don't have two patients who have a brain injury who I do similar things with. Like, there's no way. Everybody's different. Everybody's injury is different. Everybody's personality is different. Everybody's goals are different. Um, so, but the one thing that's common amongst all is you really need to take care of yourself to stay motivated and on track. It's very easy to lose that that motivation because of emotional mental health issues. And, and, and those issues are uh, really hard to deal with, but everything goes hand in hand. You know, you can't go up the stairs independently. It makes you feel depressed that you can't do it. You feel worse about it. You don't want to do it anymore. So it's all, you know, physical and mental cannot be separated. You can't say, Oh, Physically, he's, she's really strong, but mentally, she's not doing well. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's having mental health issues is going to feel um, 
physically weak. So working on your mental health is super important. Uh, as I said earlier, taking the brain breaks um, to keep yourself healthy and energized through the day is super important. Um, and having a team, really, you need a team to work with you. You need a therapist, a physical therapist, maybe an occupational therapist, maybe a speech therapist. If you know that's your need, you need a neurologist, a good one who understands and listens and is able to help you. Um, you need a vestibular therapist if you have any dizziness going on. Um, and you need a mental health professional, a mental health therapist, a behavioral therapist, or a cognitive behavioral therapist. Someone who is able to listen to you, put your thoughts into words, and help you work through them, because that's really important too. That's one of the things when I mentioned that I wrote myself, um, that little what would I tell someone else to do thing. And one of the things that I put in it was therapy of all sorts, all of those therapists, um, because, you know, maybe you do know yourself really well and you know the ins and outs of how you work. But when you bring in an outside perspective, it challenges you in ways that you aren't even aware of. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to identify that in yourself because sometimes you just need that outside perspective to shine a light on different things or to offer different strategies that you didn't know about. Because um, let's face it, no, none of us know everything. Um, that's why a team, like you said, having so many on it really makes sense because you're not going to find one person that does it all for you. Um, if you have found that one person, let us know. I want them on the show. But I, <laughs> I think, you know, it really takes so many minds um, and it, you, you just need everyone's different specialties and expertise to really get through this. It takes a village. You know, they say it, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to recover from a brain injury. And not to forget, you know, when that team is your partner or your mm -hmm. parents or whoever it is that your family member is who, who believe you. I've had patients with brain injury and it's really upsetting for them and, and for me, I, I, you know, because I work so much with them that their parents don't want to believe them sometimes or their spouse is like, oh, when is this going to be over? Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to be the caregiver or the support person. Um, and they need just as much help as the patient themselves but they're a huge integral part of the team like nobody could take their place you know yeah. um you see the world through their eyes you see your self-image in them sometimes so it's really important that they're there you're rock are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke modus nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons that help users do exercises through the playing of video games similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova help survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. Through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash making headway to learn more. Make sure to use special code making headway when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash making headway to get started. That's M-O-T-U-S-N-O-V-A dot com slash making headway. The caregivers really, I mean, they, like as the brain and as the patient myself, as the brain injury survivor, like 
yeah, I had it happen very quickly. You know, the, the stroke happened and things changed immediately. I had no choice. Um, you know, I had to deal with that. A caregiver is stuck with, you know, most of them want to help you. Um, you know, people that are in your life, you know, hopefully people that don't want to help you have moved on because you don't need them. Um, but people that choose to stay with you, they want to be there, but they're dealing with a brand new person almost. Mm -hmm. So all those years of relationship that they built up, they're having to rediscover and figure it back out. And they're thrown into doing tasks that they've never had to do. Um, you know, some of us need a lot of care and you're expecting an untrained person to just pick it up and do it. I, my heart goes out to caregivers. That is a hard job. It's very hard uh, and depends on the condition, but some things, you know, some things don't improve. They steadily get worse, which is 10 times harder, obviously. But yes, I agree. It is a very, very hard job. Mm. Um, that's why they're on the team. You know, you need somebody who's there because they're that important. Mm -hmm. Can't do it it's all nice. alone. Yeah. And it's nice that as um, you as a caregiver, you're supporting the home caregivers. Um, you know, you can't ignore that integral piece because the patient's never going to be able to do their therapy without the person that gets them to therapy or that helps get them out of bed in the morning. Or, you know, for me, it was getting the meal on the table because I had no capacity to do that, but it, you need to eat. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and just that person that's there supporting and loving you every step of the way. Um, you know, my, my heart goes out to all those that maybe don't have a person like that in their life. And I, you know, I, I don't know that I have words to, to even, I don't know. I just feel so bad for anyone that doesn't have a person that's able to help them. And I hope that everyone can find someone that is willing to be on their team and help them out. Um, there are, yeah. um, I'm just thinking of different resources, you know, if you don't, if you don't have anyone um, getting in touch with your brain injury association in your state, um, they are they are funded to help um, to at least direct you to resources of where you can go to get care. And um, you know they might not have the silver bullet for you, but at least um, they'll be able to direct you to agencies that can help you get the care that you need. Something something is better than nothing. It's really important. yeah yeah. Uh, when we provide in home care, we also um, target just like, like you said like I had a client who couldn't get in another bathroom so we sh in their own bathroom we can show um their care caregiver the best way to help without hurting themselves I had a patient who was falling a lot because they have very poor balance so we talked about that with his wife and she was able to better help him uh in a more biomechanically safe way with therapy because it's when you don't know, you don't know, you know, mm -hmm. and she didn't know what she didn't know. Like she was trying to protect him, but she could really hurt herself, which is a bigger problem. Um, mm -hmm. So we had a lot of, we have a lot of clients who look forward to having that kind of support. Mm, it's nice that you can provide that in home and in clinic setting um, so that you can do real life and help teach the caregiver the best ways to do things so that they don't get hurt. Absolutely. Um, so we had mentioned before the show um, some symptoms that people may not identify as being part of their brain injury, but are so important to call out. Um, what are some things that you see that people tend to kind of brush off as something else or not worthy of bringing up? The biggest thing that has, you know, I've had patients who had brain, who had brain injuries eight years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago, still have dizziness. Uh, persistent dizziness uh, and they haven't they didn't think it was important enough to address it's not bothering them sometimes this kind of dizziness comes and goes so by the time you know they forget about it they get to the doctor it's not bothering them at that time so they forget about it and they don't mention it or they do mention that the doctor's like you're fine you know you look okay um, but it can be a big problem because that Baseline dizziness, that dizziness with turning head and dizziness with positional changes can actually reduce your balance and cause that heavy weight on your... Sometimes people tell me, oh my gosh, I feel like there's a heavy weight on my head or I feel like something's going on in my ears or I can't focus my eyes so clearly. So dizziness, um, especially the positional type of dizziness, 
um, if you've had a traumatic brain injury or even a surgical, you know, someone who's had a brain surgery for any reason also could be affected by this. Or just if you're older, um, you could end up suffering from positional vertigo. Uh, and if it bothers you only a little bit and because of that, you're like, oh, I'm just not going to go in that position. It's never going to bother me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do that. Get it treated. Get it fixed because it's so important and it's so easy to fix. Don't quote okay. me, but most of the times it's easy to fix. Um, yeah, I think the other we've thing talked is about, yeah, and we've talked about um, like BPPV or vertigo um, on one of our other shows. So if anyone's ever interested in learning more about what that looks like, um, do go back. I'll put into the show notes which episode it is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, it was with Emily, a physical therapist, talking about dizziness. So vision. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, no problem. Vision is the other thing that uh, actually most people don't realize um, that something's going on with their vision. Usually it comes on as a headache or you, they feel like a stress uh, under their eyes or they just feel very fatigued. And the problem is actually in the vision um, and getting your vision checked, um, making sure you don't have double vision, making sure that there's not a gaze palsy, meaning one of the eyes isn't um, stuck in certain positions, meaning can't move out. And it's hard for the person who's going through to, to understand that's what's going on. Somebody else could point it out to you. Oh, you look right, but your eye didn't really move. And, and unless that person's a professional, it's really hard to tell. So get your vision checked. Super, super important. Uh, another one after brain injury, especially traumatic brain injuries, your neck. Um, because nobody checks the neck. People get head injury, um, if you hit your head, you likely hurt your neck somewhere. Um, You definitely want to get that checked out and fixed because uh, neck pain can result in dizziness. Neck pain can result in headaches. Neck pain can cause balance issues. Neck pain can cause fatigue. So it's all very closely related. So don't ignore those symptoms. Please Mm -hmm. go seek help and get it fixed. Mm, those are two really good ones. Um, you know, I identify closely with both of those. Um, and the vision, the vision piece, I never would have thought I had problems with my vision. In fact, I'd been to my eye doctor and my eyeball itself, the structure looks fine. Um, but you have to have someone trained in brain injury who can look at how your eyes are tracking, um, and really look for those nuances that are a little harder to see. My identical twin brother, Luke, suffered a brain injury 10 years ago. I saw firsthand how long and difficult the road to recovery is and how little support is available. Before Luke's injury, we were both engineers at the University of Oxford and we are now committed to helping others find purpose, fulfillment and happiness enabled by technology. And we need your help. We're looking for survivors, warriors and family members for feedback and testing to help us build something amazing. And we're not selling anything. Please go to newmind.co.uk forward slash making headway. That is n-e-u-m-i-n-d dot co dot uk forward slash making headway or no spaces. Hopefully we get to chat soon. Thank you. So I know it took me um, having to, it took me talking to a neurooptometrist actually on the show to really identify that maybe I had something going on. Um, and another key person that was able to point out um, that I wasn't doing things right visually was my occupational therapist. Um, yes, they're they, skilled at that. They're very skilled at that. And most of my therapy with occupational therapy is retraining my eyes to move correctly so that your brain can then process the vision correctly. Um, so if anyone's looking for someone, you know, if you don't have a neurooptometrist in your area, um, occupational therapy is a good place to go to look for some of the vision. And, and do look for an OT who does uh, deal with individuals who have brain injury because they're better at it. And what's best about the OT is um, they can work you through the things you're doing. You know, like, oh, I have trouble putting food in the microwave. So they're going to watch you do it and observe where the problem is and then work you through it, you know, which, which is the best way to go about it. That is really good. Um, you had mentioned the neck as well, um, which I think, you know, anyone that's had any sort of head trauma 
like you said, mm-hmm. you got to look at that neck. Um, mine was a little more insidious and maybe others too. If you're have, if you have a bleed in the backside of your head, um, at least for mine, it was in the, it was in my subarachnoid layer, which communicates with my spinal yeah. column. So it actually went down into my spine. Um, mm-hmm. and neck is just something we're now thinking about. So, you know, for others that have had bleeds, especially if it was towards the back of the head, you know, it's worth asking your doctor if your blood effect bleed affected your neck, especially if you're feeling a lot of tightness and soreness, um, it could all be residual effects. It could, the original injury could cause neck issues, but very often neck issues stem from not moving your head as much. You're scared mm-hmm. that your head is going to hurt when you move it. Uh, it's avoidance behaviors. People who are dizzy don't move their head at all. And I spend two, maybe three sessions just working their neck because they've been holding their neck stiff for months, maybe years. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it could be a part of the original injury or it could be something that they developed as a secondary complication. In either case, it's super important to fix. That's true. And that brings up a really good point too, is how we get kind of stuck in these feedback loops. Um, you know, they're self-protective and they're there for a reason, but your body, you feel pain, obviously you're going to do what you can to avoid pain because you don't want that negative response. But then that has a whole cascade of other effects, um, not just physically, but also um, mental health wise, um, because you start avoiding things that you in your past really liked. Um, And that can lead, you know, to some PTSD type behaviors even. Um, I know for me it did um, because you get so scared that something bad's going to happen again. So you start making adjustments in your life that give, to me, it was described that my brain was kind of thriving in that scenario because I was avoiding the thing that had initially caused the stress, which was working out for me. And that's how I had my brain injury. I was avoiding that. So my body was like, good, you're safe. My brain thought it was safe. But we all know long term, you can't avoid working out. You need to get back to exercising. Um, so just like, yeah, getting into all that and digging into some of it is, it's really interesting how our brains will protect themselves and what we do to compensate without even realizing, hence needing lots of people on your team to help call this out to you. It does. And when you have a conversation with yourself, and this is true for anybody, but even more true for someone who's sustained brain injury is the layers of why, you know, you have a thought that pops up in your head and you tell yourself. Why? Why am I thinking about this? Oh, I shouldn't be moving my neck because it makes me dizzy. Why is it making me dizzy? It will help you get down to the root cause. And that really is the sum of the problems that you're facing. You really need to understand the root cause. I had a patient who would get lightheaded, constantly lightheaded when he stood up. So we had to sit down and we wrote down, I get lightheaded. Why? Blood pressure is low when I stand up. Why? Uh, I have to go to the bathroom a lot. Why? I don't drink enough water. Um, so my urine, my bladder is irritated. Now I, you know, so there we found the reason. Like he's scared of going to the bathroom because he might fall. Mm-hmm. He has to go very often. So he's not drinking enough water. So we find the reason. And, and the, these layers of why, work it out for yourself and find a professional who will help you find it, mm-hmm. you know, the root cause. And really addressing that is helpful in eliminating these secondary issues and come down to give you the energy to deal with the main thing that is just healing your brain, protecting yourself from further injury, um, getting rest, getting back to function, getting back to doing things that you love to do now or want to try to do what you did in the past. You know, it's really important. Really important. I love it. Um, are there any other words of wisdom you want to give our brain injury community? We've touched on so it's much tough. here. Yeah, it is. It's tough and tough is an understatement. I think I said that earlier. Um, find someone who's going to advocate for you. That's it. That's all you can do. Find a good physician, a good therapist who cares about what you think and will advocate for you will will you know will fight the system for you and get you the best care and that's so important because there are a lot of things in place in the system that prevent at times our patients with neurological issues and brain injuries from getting the best possible care and you really need excellent care good care is not enough 
You need excellent care to thrive and and get to where you want to be. And I can speak from personal experience with that. Um, you know, there's only so much that you can do to advocate for yourself before if you don't have the right providers in place, they stop listening to you. And then they start doing medical gaslighting and just making you feel like you're a psych case and you're crazy for feeling these things. When you get, but when you get the right people on your team, um, that's what I did. You know, I finally got in with a neuro rehabilitation clinic and I had a speech therapist and an occupational therapist who listened to me and advocated to my doctors and were like, no, you know, you're not, she's not, you know, psych is a component, but this is not her being crazy. There's something going on. And this is what we've tested. And this is what we can see. It made all the difference because you need that validation. You need affirmation. You know, we're teaching brain injury people to listen to their bodies and to advocate for themselves. But then if you go to a doctor's office and are blown off, it's kind of telling you that you can't trust yourself and that everything you thought you were building and doing right is wrong. And that's, that's not the case. You know, it's, you are always right. You are you, <laughs> you're the only one that knows you. Um, so having people like Nithi on your team, Nithi, Nithi, ah, <laughs> no, I hate when people over. mess up names and then I'm doing it. Um, but having people like Nithi on your team, um, really it makes the difference. And if you need help finding people, um, you know, if you're not in New Jersey, where uh, Nithi is, um, there are there are ways to get help. Um, your brain injury associations, um, the there are different support groups every state has. If you get on some of those and start talking to other people, um, they're going to be able to help direct you. Instagram, you know, our communities on Instagram um, are great places you know, just direct message. Um, we're always okay with that and can, you know, we might not have the answer, but at least have some resources of where you can go to get the help that you need. Absolutely. Um, so you can always direct message me as well. If you need some guidance as to where to go, uh, even if you're not in my state, I could probably tell you where to find the right professional for your care. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Your Movement Specialist. Uh, if you have more specific questions, you can email me. Um, it's my email. My name is hard to spell, so I'm going to spell it out. It's N-I-D-H-I period S-H-A-H at yourmovementspecialist.com. Um, it's, it's uh, easy to spell your movement specialist, but there's no S at the end. It's not plural. It's singular. Uh, and, uh, my phone number is 609-726-6003. We have the website, uh, a website with the same name as the company name, yourmovementspecialist.com. So you can find me in any of these places. I'll be happy to assist you. I'll be happy to provide support, um, and provide therapy, whatever you need. I'll be available for that. Thank you so much. Um, there's so many great pointers that came out in this. Um, I really, you know, for our audience, just if you can take away the fact that building that baseline, you know, building that good sleep, building in um, good habits of um, mindfulness and just keeping yourself mentally prepared is really going to help you get the most out of therapy. Um you, you know, it, it takes, like you said, that multi-pronged approach. You got to have all the different um, areas covered to be able to really get through this and you can, mm -hmm. and you will, it just, it's hard and it's long. Um, so thank you for joining us today, Dr. Shaw. And, um, we really appreciate having had you on. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me on. You're thank welcome. you all uh, the listeners for listening to me speak. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. So we are going to put, um, Dr. Shaw's information all in the show notes. Also, to be sure to check um, Making Headway Podcast out at our um, Instagram account, Making Headway Podcast. Um, you can follow me, Erin. It's Erin underscore Making Headway Podcast. And um, be sure to check out our website at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. We have a new tools and resources page that um, we're posting all the time, different things on there. Um, so do be sure to check us out. Um, it also has... Um, 
a full show notes. Um, what you see on Apple is just an abbreviated little bit of show notes. But for anyone, especially that has trouble um, processing auditory, um, we have everything written out so that you can read what the show was all about. So do join us there. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. So this is Erin signing out for Making Headway Podcast. See you next time. Hi, everyone. Making Headway Podcast is just a side project that I love. It's given me a lot of community along with giving you guys community as well. And I really thank you for supporting me. If you'd like to do something extra, we would really appreciate it. There's a few ways you could help us out. Rate us on your favorite podcasting platform. Share us with friends, family, or anyone that you think might want to listen. Also, clicking on the links in our show notes for Amazon gives us just a small kickback, just enough to help pay those bills. If you wanted to do something more, which we would really appreciate, you can donate at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. Lastly, we have a Patreon account as well. That's found at www.patreon.com slash makingheadwaypodcast. Anything you can do to support us really helps us out. Thank you so much. We really love you, listeners. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean.